Hello and welcome to a very special midweek edition of the Drunken Transfer Podcast Day with me, Jacob Southcline and Finnegas Stockting from down a phone line. He's uh, Alexander Graham Bell over in Cardiff. Yeah. Hello, Finn. I feel like I'm doing the Roger Bannister four minute mile over here. This is... I mean, isn't technology amazing? Wow. The fact that we've been able to do this. Because like for, for context, for episode seven, the episode you're listening to right now, I am in deepest, darkest Reading. A Reading that has just been afflicted by the horrors of Reading Festival for yet another year. And meanwhile, uh, Finnegus is is back in the uh, the motherland of Cardiff, in Wales. And for the first midweek edition, we're actually doing it from afar. So this is very fun. We're going to do a whistle-stop tour of how our game week four went. Relatively similar scores across the board for me and Finn. And uh, we're going to have all the usual goodies like tank your rank, roll the spies, talk a little bit about our transfer plans for game week five, and then home hosed in time for dinner. How's that sound? It sounds lush. And it's the first of two virtual episodes that we're going to be doing, of course, as well, because you're in sunny Berkshire for a little while. Uh, and uh, I think by the time the midweek games are over, you'll still be there. So we're gonna, you're going to be treated to two lovely, grainy audio joys. Yay. Woo! Woo! But yeah, in, in terms of game week, uh, in terms of game week four, it was that was just gone, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a strange one, really, because I was looking at it certainly on the Saturday, uh, especially before the Arsenal kickoff, going fuck, 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 fuck. Holland is going to have completely done me because you yeah. said last week that it was going to be time for a big haul from Erling Haaland and it happened. He got a hatchery against Crystal Palace. He got 17 points. I had none of those 17 points in my team and it was, uh, and from my perspective, I was thinking, well, this is where Jacob Bernard's points start to equalise a little bit. But I was fortunate enough with the Erdegaard 10-pointer and Harry Kane 10-pointer to not lose too much. So you have beaten me for the week, uh, but the, the the damage was minimised more than I ever could have hoped for. Yeah, I was well and truly knocked off by Harry Kane. I was, because um, I, I, um, I had a real sense of schadenfreude when he missed that penalty. Yes. <laughs> because um, it meant he got the minus two. He also got booked. So at one point in the game, he was sitting, I think, on like five points, nowhere near any of the bonus. Meanwhile, my... Uh, spicy asset Davinson Sanchez on for a full three Ooh. bonus. I was like, yes, come on, Davinson. <laughs> and then the minute Kane gets his second, he's running away with all three bonuses, back on for 10 points. He's you know, not getting to the heady heights of 17 like Haaland did, but still I was thinking, God, oh, that's an opportunity to increase the gap over Finn that I've missed. Yeah. Because I think I, I finished on 70 for the week, you finished on 65, is that right? Yeah, so just just the five points in the end. So it's a 30-point, 34-point gap, which has gone to a 29-point gap. But yeah, Kane was such a weird one, man. I mean, it was like the biggest mixed bag in terms of a fantasy point score. Because I'm going, yeah, after five minutes... Brilliant. He's got the, the 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 goal. Even if Davinson Sanchez keeps the clean sheet, at least it's only going to be eight points. And then he went and missed the penalty. It's worth pointing out as well. De- Dean Henderson has played oh, two games. Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> he's played two <laughs> games at the county ground, and he saves two penalties. And you and I both had him in our drafts, and he was definitely the best four point five pick for these yeah. first four weeks. 
if you were to have a set and forget team now, if you were to get in your TARDIS, travel back in time and and pick the best set and forget options, he is top of the pile currently because two penalty saves, you know, and we're only four weeks into the season, soon to be five. And also, side note, he's got an impeccable fashion sense, that boy, some some magnificent uh, cap tactical cap work on display. He's like the... Uh, the Gabal Kirali for a new age, oh. you know, with his with his out there wardrobe <laughs> choices for a goalkeeper. I love it. It's characterful. What a throwback, Gabal Kirali. I didn't think he was going to be being talked about on episode <laughs> seven of the Drunken Transfer. But in, in terms of other highlights, uh, spare a thought for uh, all those people who rage transferred out Trent Alexander Arnold last week. Well, what are you because... doing though? If you're rage transferring out Trent against Bournemouth, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I could kind of understand maybe getting Robert out because um, Luis Diaz has eclipsed his points tally for another week but Robertson for me got and you both got a respectable nine points from him but my brother who hasn't got either oh. has been absolutely walloped Bin. poor bloke what are you doing I don't have any sympathy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's it it was a, it was an interesting one. Of course, you had the Reese James seven pointer in your side as well, um, which came off. It's worth pointing out about that Chelsea game actually uh, that Raheem Sterling was your roll the spice pick. Yeah, and, he, and the one that you had a go at me yeah. for, by the way, for not being spicy. Now. It might not have been spicy, but it was savage. I think that the Raheem Sterling pick, from your perspective, really sums up your fantasy footballing credentials because I know that you didn't actually get him into the team. But in terms of the way that you look at the game, um, you uh, have an uncanny ability to slag off a number of footballers <laughs> and really, really dislike them. But when they when they come good, that, that those yeah. those golden moments, even if you hate them, you'll either pick them or, or, or put them in your team. And you did the same with Sterling. I think it kind of is handy with me being a long-suffering Rennie fan to be sort of a true neutral on matches yeah. like this because I don't necessarily have, the, necessarily have the emotional baggage of supporting a Premier League team like you do. But on the subject of being able to, you know, spot a player to get in early doors and, and profit from, your Martin Erdgaard pick gets better by the week, mate. Honestly, he's, he's had a 10-pointer in game week four to follow up on his 16-pointer the week before. I mean, that that's inspirational. 26 points in two weeks, get it? Yeah, it's interesting. Erdegaard is one that I do want to talk about when it comes to our midweek plans. Because whilst I'm definitely going to keep him for the Villa game, uh, because Villa defensively are atrocious, they're all over the place, he's one of these players that seems to uh, get goal contributions in real streaks. And I feel like I've managed to get him in at the peak of the streak at the start, but I don't want to hold on and linger to him too long. And it's sort of kind of a little bit the, the similar sort of rationale to what I had with Rodrigo or what I'm still having with Rodrigo. Because, of course, you brought Rodrigo in for this week. It was against Brighton and it's not the be-all and end-all that he didn't score. But I am very wary having blanks. And to be fair, Le Brighton were all over Leeds. Leeds didn't look great. I'm very wary of having both streaky players with Rodrigo and Erdegaard in my team and when to get them out. And I've got two free transfers this week. So it's, um, I am, uh, to be honest with you, I'm in limbo. I've no idea what we're going to do and I hope you're going to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I haven't made an early transfer this week. So mine are a bit up in the air too, but I'm, I'm not going to be as tight-lipped as I usually am with my transfer plans because I've got money in the bank this week. I know my Rodrigo transfer didn't come off straight away. I kind of suspected that would be the case going into that transfer. But with 1.7 mil in the bank, I've got a couple of options. You know, it's, it's nice to to have a bit to play with money-wise. And and yeah, it's, it's, it's all set up for yet another 
enticing game week. Just before we move on from game week four, a couple of other highlights to mention, of course. I suppose this would be a nice time to bring back Tank Your Rank for another week. Tank Go on, you Your Rank! Yeah, there we go. We are going to get a, a nice jingle one of these days, but it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. I mean, the, the number one way to tank your rank this week for me, I mean, you know, there's, there's bad luck and then there's bad luck. You could have been one of the 40% of the game that, along with me, decided to make the right decision in capt- captaining uh, Salah on paper. But in practice, my God, Salah really did make us suffer this week. A, a, a historic record-equalling 9-0 win for Liverpool, where Bobby Firmino, your Roll the Spice pick from the week before, who got a hat-trick of assists and a goal. Two, two, goals. two goals, yeah, two goals. I mean, what a performance. Incredible. I, I... And... Uh, he, he ended up on an XG of 2.9. Second in that Liverpool team, who put nine goals past Bournemouth, was Salah on 1.74 XG. And he didn't get a single return. He played the full 90 minutes, was goalless and assistless. I mean, agony. It was an appalling miss at 2-0 up, um, I think after 70 minutes, when I believe it was Diaz that put the ball across the box and Salah literally had to put the ball into an empty net. And for some reason, went with his left rather than his right and, and put it wide but yeah I mean I think I saw FPL Focal say that this was it's going to be essentially FPL law really from from this point on that Liverpool equaled the highest ever Premier League win 9-0 and Mo Salah got no contributions I mean yeah like you say completely the right captaincy on paper and I was really worried going into that half-life kickoff that Jesus was then going to go and do something unfortunately he didn't um, so what it meant really is that out of the three captaincy choices, if you've had Holland as your captain this week, you would have made mincemeat of the competition. And you were considering it. Well, so many people like me had him as as the vice and I just didn't have the balls to follow through with it because oh. I think I told last week I said, oh no, that that I, I can see Holland getting a glutful against Paris. He did. And he did. And um, from from a precarious position, no less, because City have this really annoying habit at the moment, don't they? Being two goals down in a game and then just blowing the competition away. Yeah, it's former I mean, former champions, really. I mean, it's astonishing. Yeah, it's. Uh, but on the subject of Salah and Hall, I mean, Salah is going to be desperate to to bag in the next game now, and Holland as well. There's a question mark if because Pep's been there, there've been whisperings on the Guardiola grapevine for a while that Holland isn't going to play every game, and I hope to goodness he's he's not benched midweek against Forest because the armband is firmly on him at the moment. Well, I'm not surprised. I think if I was you, I would I would definitely have him there. It was what I was going to ask you actually is where you were going with the armband for me, and this might be a, a bit of a surprise. The armband is on Jesus currently oh, okay. against Aston Villa because Villa have been so bad defense, defensively uh, and he's not bagged in a couple of weeks. I just back him to, to, to get a couple of goals. Villa are in all sorts of disarray, by the way. I mean, you were spot on a couple of weeks ago when you said, like, avoid any of their assets. Well, like the Villa-West Ham was just, it was, as we predicted, it was a, a battle of the, the real dirge teams down the bottom. I mean, it was 1-0 to the Hammers, but... Having watched the highlights, it was like they were playing nine-year-olds, the pair of them. It was dreadful. Yes.
I think that we will see some of that. And I think um, the, the, the assets that I'd really ward off against, if you're looking to get them in this week, maybe not if you've already got them in. Uh, Ivan Perisic uh, against West Ham. Uh, whilst I do think that Spurs looked really disciplined against Forest, and I think they probably will keep a clean sheet against a, a bit of a toothless West Ham side at the moment. Is Perisic going to start left wing back? You know, Haaland's an interesting one against Forest. If you've got him in... Keep him, of course. Why wouldn't you? But for someone like me, who's looking from the outside in, having Harry Kane, I'm thinking, well, Kane will play for Spurs and probably has a decent chance against that West Ham side. If Haaland plays against Forest, he will bag. But is it worth the risk to get him in on a Wednesday night? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, would, I would imagine you're right. I will imagine that there will be a fair amount of tinkering but it's really difficult to work out from the off before you get the the managerial interviews quite who's going to come out so i think it's a case of if you're going to make transfers this week wait till the deadline yeah yeah 100 percent. and it's, it's another reason why i'm very very jealous of your uh, two free transfers this week yeah because my uh, my desperation to get out mason mount the week before has cost me and i've only got the one to play with this week but I mean it, I wouldn't be surprised to see the likes of Kostas Simakas coming for Liverpool against Newcastle and you know it's it's again the value of a strong bench is going to pay off yeah well can, let's, let, let's talk about that double Liverpool defence because you and I obviously have had it for the, the first four game weeks and I guess we were slightly vindicated uh, for keeping them against Bournemouth you know because they, I think they got us what was it 25 26 points between them against Newcastle and a Newcastle side who are a really strange one right now because they were brilliant against Man City, but they weren't brilliant against Wolves and they were battered a little bit by Brighton. It's, it's three consecutive draws now for them. It's a bit, of a, a bit of a weird one trying to work out how this Newcastle side is going to turn up against Liverpool. From my perspective, looking at my two free transfers, Robbo is one of them that I am potentially looking to get out. Ooh. He has had a price drop once already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think for me, even though Chelsea have looked so dodgy defensively, I am very envious of Reese James owners right now. You you seem to be getting a Reese James attacking return every bloody week. So With odds stacked against him as well, because the way he's been, he's been shifted around in that Chelsea back five, I really didn't have high hopes yeah. going into the season. That, that, I've, I've always had James as a pick because he's a, a high potential, high ceiling player rather than like a consistent performer. Especially if you take into account the fact that G James in previous seasons always seemed to drop off a bit. But this season, he seems to be coming up with a seven-point return most game weeks and I'm really, really pleased with him so far. It's just... I don't know, Chelsea had still like such a bloody funny team. Well, and, and with, with Conor Gallagher having been sent off as well and knowing Golo Kante, I think Kovacic is still out injured. Uh, you know, you've then got, I think, I don't know if Koulibaly is going to be back from a suspension, actually. I don't know if it was a three match or, or, a, or a one I'm match. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I think it may have been one match because it was two yellows. Um, and they've still not got Wesley Fofana. Getting James in, you are getting him in for the attacking potential because Southampton, I thought, were unlucky against United. They created against they were, they us. They played well. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the likes of uh, Bella Kotchap looked fantastic. Brilliant. Like, he, he really dominated in the midfield. Uh, I just want to kind of, you know, put it in reverse for a second, Finn, and go back to that Chelsea-Leicester uh, game from last week because, I mean, for me, that game really helped me to make my mind up on a few things because I think... It's finally curtains for the double Leicester keepers yeah. for this next week. 
Um, and I'm extremely, extremely tempted to cash in some of my funds and, and upgrade Ward to the likes of, well, up until up until um, this game we've just gone, the, the, the fashion seems to be getting out one of them for uh, Bob Sanchez, <laughs> Brighton, um, which might still happen. But also, I mean, if I'm a Leicester fan, I'm so worried because, I mean, I know for Fanners, um, transfer to Chelsea seems to have been wrapped up now and he's off. But, you know, you're, you're playing a team who've got a midfielder sent off and you still, from that point onwards, go on to ship two goals. I mean, I really fear for Rodgers. I know we've been saying it now for weeks, but, I mean, especially with the likes of, like, Madison, Crocked and whatnot, I don't think there's any real good to come out of um, the, the Leicester stables at the moment. No, I agree, and it'll be interesting to see how that game goes on Thursday night. I mean, from a United fan's perspective, we are looking a lot slicker. I thought we were decent against Southampton, uh, if Leicester's do still have Madison out, which I, I, I'm led to believe that will be the case, uh, yeah, I, I would fancy our chances against them. And, and, and like you say, Leicester will be down at the at the bottom of the league if, if they do lose again. Um, for United, I, I, you know, one person that I touched upon who as a potential draft option back mm. uh, back before the season started didn't end up going with Diogo Dallo at four point four is looking super advanced, and he. Unlike Tyrrell Malassia, if you were looking to get into that Manchester United defence, I'm not sure why you would be looking to get into the United defence, but if you're looking for an attacking defender for cheap, uh, Dallo really doesn't seem to be at risk of rotation. wan has essentially been frozen out. So uh, that that could be potentially someone to look at uh, for, for that Leicester game, uh, if they don't have the creative spark of Madison. Dallo's cross for Bruno's goal. I mean, oh. excellent, excellent uh, volley from Fernandez. The way he caught it was was fantastic. But the cross, yeah, it's almost like Southampton didn't realise that there was danger until the ball came in, and it was just it was pinpoint. So that will have done Dallo's uh, stock a lot of good. And uh, yeah. I think that's quite a sav- savvy pick, even though you're a dirty United. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, 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 I want to quickly touch on the, the keepy situation for me as well, because you mentioned Bob Sanchez just then, um, and he is someone that I'm really looking at as well. Uh, I've got David Raya in goal, and Raya has been racking up the save points. He got six points against Everton, two points for saves, two points for bonus, which is pretty good for someone who didn't keep a clean sheet. The issue for me with Brentford is they are conceding a lot of chances. They have been the last couple of games, anyway. They didn't against United, of course. Um, and even the Palace side without Wilfred Zaha still managed to create against Manchester City. Uh, Robert Sanchez, by contrast, in that Brighton goal, has been relatively untroubled. And I think in terms of a safer six-pointer, he could be one to look at. Although then again, they're playing Fulham. And Fulham gave Arsenal a, a, a bloody good game. And I, I said Mitrovic should do well uh, against them. And, and he... he he completely robbed Gabriel for that that first goal. Um, well, on the subject of another Gabriel, let's talk a bit about Martinelli because he was probably underperformer of the week for me in terms of, you know, his his stats. If you look at them after the game, he was he he put up enough to get a a return, and it didn't come off for him. But no, he, he still had chances. Yeah, yeah. He, he still had. Ch- I, I would I would imagine it won't be. Um, that that won't be something that will, will will remain. I think he he will continue to yeah. to score. I thought he was a little unlucky, to be honest. 
Yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, Martinelli's been the perfect budget pick so far this season. On the subject of budget picks, one that's coming onto my radar, but I think it might be a little too soon for him this week, in a similar way that um, if uh, Anthony signs on the dotted line for United this week, it might be a little too soon for even the most ardent United fans to get him in your team. I still think it's a little too soon maybe to be getting in Emerson Palmieri for West Ham, but at 4 million... And I know there are a couple of good 4 million defensive picks in the game at the moment, but what really caught my eye in that West Ham game is the fact that he was effectively playing out of position. He was playing really advanced, basically as a left mid, you know, certainly further forward than you'd expect for even the most attacking of attacking wing, wing backs. Um, he didn't play spectacularly by any means. I mean, I, I think uh, I've got his stats here. So, I mean, seven completed passes in the opposition half isn't great. And he made one unsuccessful cross in 45 minutes. But certainly one to keep your eye on. Because if West Ham come alive and they're a team that should be aiming for the top half of the table, then at 4 million, I think he's really underpriced as an out-of-position defender. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I think that uh, with West Ham, even though they are not in good form right now, they, they did scrape a 1-0 win against Aston Villa, but it, it didn't look very convincing. You know, they, He started Scamacha, which is... What I was saying, I thought Moy should do. I, I think from Scamacha's perspective, he's going to have to start uh, dropping deep less uh, for them to 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 get into you know better attacking positions. Because I did think they looked a little bit blunt. Uh, but I think I think if Emerson starts playing regularly at four million, whether West Ham are struggling or not, if if he's getting into advanced positions, it's good value. I mean, it's why Nico Williams has been a good value four million pick so far. It's because he looks like he's creating chances. Um, and so if you need to free up funds for other positions and, and maybe occasionally rotate Emerson when he's playing the likes of Bournemouth or, well, I'd say Villa, but they just played Villa. <laughs> you know, poor opposition who aren't creating, then, then uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a savvy shout, personally. Yeah, I, just uh, quickly on, on the subject of, you know, the in-out shake it all about transfer hokey-cokey, just looking at the numbers for net transfers in and out over the last game we've just gone. Uh, the Rodrigo gravy train rolls on, baby, because um, a further 7.1% of people have got on the Rodrigo bandwagon. Finn's shaking his head. It's astonishing, in, uh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, 28% uh, 20, of the game, I think, own him now. Yeah, oh. which is astonishing because he was under 1% when you got him in game week one. So it just goes to show he's a grower. And last week was not a show. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, as well, unsurprising that Haaland's got 150,000 new owners. Uh, Luis Diaz, people are starting to get on that as a third Liverpool asset. Pascal Gross keeps on turning up for, for Brighton. His goal was the difference in that game. Yeah, it's someone that we were talking about uh, last week. I'm not sure if it made its way into the pod, but it's someone that we were saying that we, we probably wouldn't back, really, Gross. And that maybe, you know, he again, another streaky player uh, who, you know, bags a couple of goals occasionally, sporadically throughout the season, but, but probably isn't a keeper. Uh, and we may be having to eat our words a little bit on that one because he's on set pieces and he is getting into the box. I thought he looked really impressive against Leeds, Pascal Gross. Uh, and Trossard also looked strong again as well. And of course, my roll the spice pick from last week, Danny Welbeck, looked good, didn't get anything again. <laughs> it's a matter of time. It is. It's a matter of time until that guy Wells gets his hat. It's, 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 it's worth pointing out as well that I am um, I am tallying the roll the spice points at the moment Ooh, and I've been well now. what I've been doing is Jacob I thought I'd reveal this to you on the pod I 
gonna probably tally our Roll the Spice picks points for five games afterwards. Because I don't know about uh, you, but when I've been picking them, like for example, my Roberto Firmino pick, I said I'd back him in the next three games. And he didn't turn up in that first game, but obviously he did turn up this week. And you know, in the same way, if you're getting a spicy pick in, you're probably not gonna get them in long term, but you're probably not gonna transfer them out for one week. So I thought we'd give him five weeks worth of points and um, I'll reveal to you at the end what we're both on at the moment. You love your like aggregated numbers. You'd make an excellent banker. I love it. It's your fault that everything went to shit in 2008, <laughs> even though you were like 11. Uh, um, on all this talk of spicy assets is making me quite hungry. Shall we move on to our, well, second Roll the Spice of the week? Roll the Spice! It's funny, this has been absolutely... Uh, seamless this segue into Roll the Spice this week because we were just discussing uh, Rodrigo Leeds assets um, he's just gone up in price Rodrigo to 6.5 million has he so really? Five, yeah so he's had five price rises already this season so it started as a 6 million option up to 6.5 bloody hell if you're, look, if you're looking at that Leeds fixture they play Everton at home this week um Somebody who I think is certainly spicy, but I really do back to return against that ropey Everton backline is Lewis Sinistera. Yes. The new Colombian winger who they've signed from Feyenoord, who is also, I uh, hasten to add, 6.5 million. So if you've got 6.5 million to spend and you fancy going against the Rodrigo backers and and doing something a little different. Sinistera, he's got pace. He's not returned yet this season. He can really stretch that Everton backline because they leave so much space in between the midfield and defence. I, I think he's going to have a field day. And uh, crucially, because you were lambasting me for not being spicy enough last week, <laughs> saying that uh, my Raheem Sterling <laughs> offering was a bit like bringing a, a, a big tub of yoghurt to a spice festival. Um I, uh, I've got the numbers here. Lewis Sinistera owned by 0.2% of the game. So that is dead on That it. is massive. The yoghurt man is dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the spice so returns. I went, to the, I went to the spice cupboard this week. I was having the, uh, the cayenne pepper. I was uh, pouring, uh, <laughs> pouring habanero into my mouth. I was uh, rubbing oregano over my nipples. All the spices are out in this. You know what, mate? I actually think that's a really, really savvy pick because he hasn't... He started, I think, the League Cup games in Estera. I don't believe he started last week. I think he came on for Daniel James again. But in terms of getting ahead with rotations, I think that Sinistero... And he's someone that's looked lively when he's played as well. Could be a really good shout against the Everton side. That goal he scored in the cup was an absolute oh, rocket as well. Peach. An and, absolute and, rip snort. Yeah. Well, and as, as a as a as a Dutch footballing fan, you'll probably be relatively aware of him as well, because I think he was an ex-final player, wasn't he? He was, he was he was brilliant for final. They were all very, very gutted to see him leave. But there's been a number of uh, high-profile departures from the Eredivisie to the Premier League this season. And uh, touch wood, all of them today have done quite well. I mean, the likes of uh, Tyrrell Malasia also played for Feyenoord. He's, you know, come to life in that United defence. So, yeah, back Sinistera if you're feeling spicy. I, I'd be very tempted to myself if I wasn't just a, a uh, rubber-spined coward. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what, mate? We're actually thinking along a similar sort of lines because I've also gone for a new signing this August. And this new signing 
is also owned by 0.2% of the game. Ooh, love it. Even Stevens. Ooh, uh, this guy costs you, will only cost you 5 million, so it won't set you back very much, but he has started the last two games. And it's none other than Wolves' Mateus Nunes that I'm going Ooh, for. Oh, nice. Nunes, um, in his first couple of games against Tottenham and against Newcastle, has had chances. He probably should have done a little bit better with a header uh, against Newcastle, and I think when they were already 1-0 up Wolves. Uh, but he looks bright. Him and Gonzalo Guedes have been brought into the side. Wolves have been struggling to score. Uh, and I think now that they've got these two players in, with Raul Jimenez also returning from injury, they could be in for a bit more of a fruitful time of it. And of course, the key thing with Wolves, uh, and you know, Bournemouth may be looking to get back a little bit after being spanked 9-0. They are playing away to Bournemouth. And Bournemouth, who are rubbish. Who are rubbish and are the whipping team of the league. I guess the only thing we have to say from Bournemouth's perspective uh, for this coming week is, you know, you, you have to wonder how Kiefer Moore's going to do. Um, no, yeah. stop. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it, the benefit of me being at a distance this week in Reading means I can't swing for you because otherwise, you know, he's at a safe distance. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would I would back Nunes to return against Bournemouth. He's then got, he's then at home to Southampton on the weekend, which I think, again, is not too bad a fixture. Obviously, I've said that I am tallying the points for the next five games. His two games after that are admittedly Liverpool and Man City, so maybe less chances there. But um, I think uh, for someone that's only five million, if you wanted to try and free up funds to get yourself an extra defender, uh, or maybe you wanted to go Haaland and Kane, if you you know looking to go big on the strikers from from the off, uh, he is definitely an enabler. Uh, and I think he'll come good. I, I like what I've seen of him. I think he was like 42 and a half million or something silly, wasn't he? Yeah, big money. And it marks a re- remarkable turnaround for him on this very podcast, the way that he went from me forgetting his name last yes. week <laughs> to being your role, the spice pick this week. So that's that's an incredible turnaround in the space of one game week. So, But at five million, I think he's a snip. I think he's certainly better priced than Sinisterra. Uh, I'm still sticking to my guns. I, I think that Sinisterra might surprise a few people in their fixture against Everton. Well, Le- Leeds have looked better in attack. So if, if, you can, if you can slot in with Harrison, Harrison and Rodrigo, then you, you, you're onto something good. You, uh, you've you've ripped open the old Bournemouth wound, and I'm thinking about them now. I've got cherries on the brain, and and uh, I, as 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 somebody who's not the most ardent Bournemouth supporter in the world, um, I was very pleased this week to see um, to see Scott Parker as in consulate and uh, down in the mouth as he was after his Liverpool trouncing, and I was also delighted to see. Um, Brennan Johnson and we did get Brennan Johnson cam as well by the way at the, at the weekend but um his um Brennan Johnson um was on the receiving end of a bit of shithousery from Richarlison wasn't oh it? my and, goodness uh, and ended up kicking out at him and uh yeah so excellent excellent theatrics all around from from my lesser favoured teams Forrest and uh and Bournemouth uh, great scenes it's, I mean it's the third week that I'm going to say this in a row Richarlison, from the bench, looked brilliant. What an assist. That was the other thing I was going to say. Finn, if you're listening in, this is the week Richarlison starts. Kudasevsky, he's gone, mate. <laughs> Get him out. He's, he's not, he's not going to play. His goose is cooked. His race is run. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Richarlison, as well as looking handy, I've never seen somebody so committed to boiling the other team's piss in my entire life. He's a sort of... 
he's a sort of player that I'd love it if he were playing for Maine, but but my God, if 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 Reading ever came up against him in a, in a competitive fixture, just yeah, he 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 is what a shit the king of shithouser is old Richardson, um, and it could it could be an interesting pick at some point. Maybe he'll be a roll the spice later down the line. Ooh. Yeah, he's, he's sort of like a spice that's uh, in the process of being harvested from the fields. <laughs> you know, like they're just picking the pods from the yeah from the stalk. Um, I think we'd better wrap it up there then. Yeah, it's been it. Jo- it's been a nice, slim, lithe, compact episode this week, and I've uh, I've rather enjoyed it. The novelty of of having your face on my screen and it's- being able to see your. Uh, Beauty from afar. Beauty from afar, <laughs> like like a rose that you can only like look at but not pick. Yeah, and and if you if you if you're listening into this, um, go and give us a little follow on Twitter at Drunken Transfer, um, and give me a follow at Finn Stockton because I am going to put up a poll at some point later on today because I am very 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 conflicted over these two free transfers. I don't know what to do. I'm thinking: should I get Holland in this week with a risk of rotation? Should I get Sanchez in for Raya? I'm also considering maybe Kevin De Bruyne in that midfield. I'm not sure. Do I get a Salah out? I, I, I'm Robbo for James. I kind of want to hear what people think is the the, the best transfer idea for me because I, I, as much as you say that it's good, Jake, to have these 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 two free ones in the bank, I've got no bloody idea what to do with them. Well, your oyster. <laughs> uh, decisions, decisions. Too many yeah, decisions. Like it's, a, it's a world of opportunity. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, Finn. I mean, I'm I'm slowly closing that gap on you. I think I've uh, I've trimmed it by another five points. So um, twenty nine now. I'm on to you. Yeah, you're on to me. You are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to those of you at home that have listened to yet another edition of this fair podcast, the Drunken Transfer Podcast. No booze was consumed this week. That's a bit disappointing, isn't it? But then again, it is lunchtime on a Monday. You wait till so, we're yeah. recording after that Leicester Man United game for the weekend. I'll be four or five pints <laughs> down and crying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely comatose. <laughs> all right you lovely lot take care have a good game week and may your arrows be green see you later Mwah.